When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Well, I still think it's Drake's conference to win I, I, or to lose, whatever the right term is. I, I, I think Drake is the best team in the league. This is the All In Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Admire. Thanks for pushing play and joining us on another episode on the Drake Sports Media Podcast Network, powered by Learfield. No one and I mean no one, is more locked in or covers Missouri Valley Conference basketball like the Valley Hoops insider himself, Harry Schrader. We'll break down a few of Drake's upcoming opponents, plus his thoughts on the Valley Conference non-conference season and how it's shaping up here in the, in the early goings. And are the dogs still the favorites to win this thing? But first... Are you tired of the limited selection of Drake game day gear? Well, Authentic Brand offers a wide selection of expertly crafted and incredibly comfortable gear that has our team looking our best on game days and every day. Shop their premium selection of outerwear, hoodies, hats, and more at Authentic-Brand.com and you can save 15% instantly with coupon code Bulldog Radio. That's all one word, Bulldog Radio at Authentic-Brand.com. All right, make your New Year's resolution a Relays resolution by finishing on the Blue Oval during the Drake Road Races. The best path to a successful resolution is by making a plan, and the 55th Drake Road Races are Sunday, April 23rd. Put it on your calendar now because your journey to a medal begins today. Receive the Relays Resolution pricing when you register on or before January 3rd at 11.59 p.m. You're running out of time. And speaking of running, you can register for the 5K, 10K, or half marathon. Visit drakeroadraces.org. All right, let's get this thing started. Here is the Valley Hoops Insider, Harry Schrader. The All In Podcast, helping you guide you into a new year and Missouri Valley Conference play as we welcome Harry Schrader from Valley Hoops Insider. Harry, man, thank you first off so much for doing this, uh, but also how's uh, how's life? How's life in the Valley for you right now? Well, life in the Valley is fun. I think it's going to be a crazy season. Uh, I think it's going to be wide open, so it's, that makes it more fun for me. Really appreciate being on with you. Love what you guys do there uh, in Drake and Des Moines. And, and uh, yeah, excited to be here and excited for the Christmas holidays and the new year. It's always a fresh reboot kind of a time. All right, so we're really familiar with each other just from 
uh, kind of being in the, in the same world here, but the fans of Drake basketball that may have been missing out on some of your work uh, because they are missing out if, if they don't follow you at valleyhoopsinsider.com. But explain exactly uh, what it is you do there and then how in the heck you, how do you do it? <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like I'm the beat writer for the league. That's really how I feel. I feel like that's my responsibility to pay attention to the whole league. Um, and I, work, I write about the Ohio Valley Conference as well and, and, and try to do a good job for those guys as well. Um, I feel like the Missouri Valley Conference is such a great, great league and gets undercovered and try to fill in some of those gaps. I watch teams. I go to games. I read their stuff. I talk to their coaches. Uh, and, yeah, we put out stuff, several stories a week, just talking about different teams, different players, do podcasts, interview players and coaches. Uh, to try to, like I said, fill in the gaps. And, and, and as you know, uh, Michael, there's even in some of our markets, we don't have beat writers for individual teams anymore. And, and so uh, just trying to fill a gap. I love the league and have been around it 20 plus years now, announcing games, writing about it. And uh, yeah, we try to help people see some stuff they don't get to see in their local market. Well, I remember early on uh, when I was you know transitioning from being a, a TV reporter to talking about a conference that I was somewhat familiar with, but really my familiarity with the concert uh, conference was just Drake in Northern Iowa. And so a little bit of, you know, Missouri state in there as well, but uh, I, I needed some help kind of learning and it was really nice to have a couple places to go to uh, in, in your website being the main one where I could, it was a one-stop shop to be able to learn uh, the inside of uh, the Missouri Valley conference and it has changed a lot uh, over the years. But first off, uh, how do you, like, what, what is your approach to covering the Valley? 12 teams. Uh, you live in St. Louis, so you have some teams closer than others. How, how do you give all 12 teams uh, the, their due, I guess? Well, it's a staggering task, actually, you know, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, I watch as many games, obviously, as I can on the on the internet and, and, and on television. And I get to games. I was down at Missouri state a couple of weeks ago and watched them play. And, uh, I get to Southern about once a year, try to get to Bradley or Illinois state about once a year and see them up close, uh, talk to coaches and, and, and just follow what ha is happening. You know, uh, somebody stands out. I try to get a hold of that coach, that team, somebody's struggling, try to know that I try to really get the, to know the coaches so that I can understand what's going on. I texted two different coaches this morning that, that I know a little bit and something was going on there and just saying hi or encouraging them or, you know, mourning with them, whatever it might be. And so I, I try to cultivate relationships with people. I think relationships is king. And, and that's kind of the, one of the things I love about the Valley. You can know these coaches. You can know some of these players. And, and you mentioned being in St. Louis, Arch Madness is here. And uh, I know the people at the Valley office, you know, very well. And, and, and so they're able to steer me in, in certain directions. Michael, we'll have you on a podcast soon. Mike Kern and I are, are going to start a podcast uh, in about a week. It's going to be a weekly podcast where we're going to talk to broadcasters and writers to get the backgrounds, the back, the back woods stories for different programs. So we're going to be adding a little bit of that as well. Uh, well, I can I can help you with the backwoods. That's for sure. Growing up in uh, Missouri, <laughs> uh, no that that's fantastic. I and I appreciate the insight. And you you've already seen Drake in person uh, once this year, at least once. Uh, might yeah. miss you at a, at a different time, but you're down in St. Louis there, so you know popped over to Chaffetz. Um how, how often do you watch Drake? Since this is a Drake centric podcast, how often do you watch the dogs and um, yeah, what was your impression of them in person at uh, St. Louis? Well, whenever I can, I watch them. And whenever I can, I watch them in person. Obviously, like you said, I, I saw them at SLU. Watched the game, you know, uh, Thursday night against Valpo on the computer. and uh, Or maybe it was on TV. I it, think was it was on, on TV. TV. Yeah, fine. Yeah. CBS Sports Network. And uh, so I watched that game. And, and, and so I love the, love the Bulldogs. Love Coach DeVries. At the media day back in October or September, whenever we had that, I ended up having lunch with the Drake contingent, you know, and so I sat and talked to all the players and Coach DeVries and love his approach, love what they're doing. Uh, obviously, Tucker is terrific, and, and that group that's been together for so long, they're so cohesive, and they play such smart basketball, and, and frankly, they should have beaten St. Louis when they were here. They 
they had a lead and I really thought they were going to win that game. And, and frankly, if they had won that game, uh, I think they'd be nationally ranked right now. And, and, and people would be talking about them being one of the better teams in the nation, but, but instead they dropped that game and they're still really good. Right. You know, I hate that one game here or there can really mess up uh, your quote unquote resume, but uh, they're really outstanding. And, and, and the question is for them, I think is how do they handle, you know, bigger, stronger, teams like a Missouri State, like Bradley, uh, you know, maybe uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else's stuff. Southern Illinois is pretty gritty. Uh, how do they hold up? Because I don't think Drake's very deep. I, that's the concern I would have for the Bulldogs. But love their makeup, love the way they play. No, that's uh, that's great insight. Good stuff to, to get this thing rolling. We will dive back uh, more into Drake in, in just a little bit, and uh, we'll talk – all about the Valley. We'll get into some of the nitty gritty stuff uh, that, you know, fans can kind of geek out about. Uh, But first I I did want to just with us heading to Missouri state this weekend. uh, It's a trip that I always look forward to for a few reasons. One, as I said, get back into my home state of Missouri. And then I get a chance to catch up with Art Haynes. Uh, He was the uh, pre game uh, radio host, uh, for pre- and post-game radio host for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I grew up listening to him as a huge Chiefs fan, and every time uh, I've called games in Springfield or when he's up here, we get a chance to catch up. But, man, uh, just sadly, Art won't be there to call the game uh, this weekend or uh, this season because he has been ho- hospitalized since September after contracting the West Nile virus and just a uh, unbelievably unfortunate uh, situation and uh, but one thing that I've really loved uh, between you and Wyatt and, and a couple other of the broadcasters in southern Missouri and just around the Missouri Valley I, I think at least once every week uh, since September you've tweeted a wonderful reminder in the uh, hashtag prayers for Art Haynes uh, once uh, or just first off how long have you known Art and uh how, how tough has this been for you? Yeah, I mean, I've known Art on and off forever. Uh, right. You and I talked before we came on. I used to announce games in the old MIAA uh, conference in Missouri and Division Two level, and, and Art and I are the same age. We bumped into each other once in a while way back, and then when I got involved in the, in the Missouri Valley about 20-plus years ago, uh, immediately Art was a guy that just welcomed me with open arms and uh, kind man been on his radio show there in Springfield numerous times uh, as well. I have nothing but huge respect for who art is. And I am deeply saddened and, and yeah, I try to do the prayers for art Haynes every day. I don't make every day, but I, I try to get that on Twitter every day. And I do pray for him every day. I've talked to his son a number of times. Um, we've sent them uh, some video and audio messages from some of the other broadcasters and whatnot trying to encourage Art uh, and uh, let him know we're, we care about him and, and love him. And I think he's a great broadcaster, but he's by far a greater guy. Uh, welcoming, caring, serving. I mean, he's just everything somebody wants to be in life. Art Ains is one of those guys. And uh, I'm right now preparing to try to do a podcast with his son, Chris, to give everybody kind of a brand new update on, uh, on what, what's going on with Art. I know he's making some progress, but, he, but he's got a long road in front of him and uh, yeah, super sad and hopeful that we'll have Art back next year. Yeah, part of uh, his recovery or part of the West Nile virus is it, you know, basically uh, attacked his spine. And he, uh, through that, uh, lost his ability to speak, which uh, that is just so disheartening. It's heart-wrenching. Uh, you, you can come up with many different adjectives to describe it, but um do you have an update? I, I, I read something recently, uh, early December, uh, from Springfield, uh, that he was actually starting to get his uh, speaking capabilities back. Yeah, that's the latest I've heard, too. You know, some sentences, you know, maybe short sentences and, and that kind of thing. But, you know, that, to me, is on the way, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're hopefully on the way. And, uh, yeah. We just keep praying and, and hope the medical people can help him out. But yeah, that's the the latest I have too. And I kind of got lost in the in the Christmas season. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work on getting a full out update here in the next week or so. Well, I can't wait to hear more about uh, his progress, and certainly going to be thinking about him uh, not only during this trip to Springfield, but uh, we'll continue the hashtag prayers for Art Haynes. He's uh, he is one of a kind. 
All right, let's yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's jump into some Missouri Valley Conference topics, and I think the maybe the best place to start is just kind of your overall thoughts on the Missouri Valley Conference as it stands today. There's obviously been a shakeup over the last you know twelve months or so, uh, with now twelve members in the Missouri Valley Conference. You have Murray State, UIC, Belmont, Loyola's gone. It feels like it's almost a, an old topic at this point, but now we're starting to see you know, the racers and flames and Bruins starting to, you know, win games in the Valley. Yeah, I think it's super, it makes, it makes the season very interesting because we have to learn new places and new people and new teams, and new coaches and, and all of that. And, and, uh, and, and I told people in the off season, because I, as I mentioned earlier, I also cover the Ohio Valley conference where Belmont Murray state came from, uh, that I knew they were going to be good. I thought they were going to be better than the preseason prognostications, but not greatly better. They uh, Belmont graduated so many terrific players in the off season and had to rebuild a little bit. Murray lost their coach and all of their team and had to rebuild. But those are programs that know how to win games, and and so they're going to be good. They're going to be competitive, and and I think they've already proven that both Murray State and Belmont. UIC is a team I wasn't super familiar with, although we knew. Coach Yaklich from his days at Illinois State and and being around the league, uh, and he's a good coach, and they got a good win this week. Um, so yeah, I think it's very interesting with the shakeup, and then we see a team like Indiana State kind of picked in the middle of the pack to burst out in a in a strong way. You know, defeating Drake in that first game, you know, was pretty shocking. I thought they had won a bunch of games, but they hadn't played a bunch of people, and then you know Drake was going to put them in their place, and then Indiana State whooped them and. And now they've they've won another game this week, and, and they're off to a great start. And I like Josh Schertz quite a bit. I think he's a basketball savant. He you know won over eighty percent of his games at the Division two level, and so yeah, I think it's a highly competitive league. Obviously, there's gonna a couple teams at the bottom that are really struggling. I think Evansville is in a better place than they were a year ago, but they're they're struggling. And and Valpo, although they gave uh, the Bulldogs a run uh, earlier this week, I I think that they're going to struggle. But other than that, I think there's nine or 10 teams that are really good, maybe not elite level good, like Final Four Loyola good. But but we have some really solid teams. I think it's going to be a very, very, very competitive conference season. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun season. Uh, right now, what is there, like eight teams within one game of each other? Obviously just three games in, but uh, you know, uh, several teams at two and one right now. Of course, Indiana State leading the pack at 3 and 0 and what I'm really excited for is the development of this league and and building some of those rivalries you know once Murray State Belmont really get uh, indoctrinated into the valley I think UIC is going to greatly benefit from being in the valley mm-hmm. being able to recruit the Chicago land area uh, I think they uh, they have some pieces in place that can make them a, a tough program as well so I think beyond here is going to be even better than it is Right now, but let's talk about right now. We're just coming off the non-conference season. Uh, at times, this conference can look great. Uh, w- several wins or a few wins against Power 5 schools, 2-2 two and two against top 25 teams, 64-55, and 55 and uh, non-conference record, combined non-conference record, but uh, some of those 55 losses were, were really bad losses as well. And so the Valley, after non-conference play, is 14th out of 33 conferences in net. It's a little worrisome. We start thinking at large and all that stuff. Probably not going to happen this year. So uh, what is just your thoughts on the non-conference and how that all played out? Well, I, th- I think you evaluated it perfectly. I, it's a very hit and miss this year for the Valley being 14th in the net. And I think they're 13th or 14th, maybe even 12th in the Kempom. I forget a little lower than we're used to seeing. And, and I think that quote unquote at large multi-bid league is, is a fantasy this year for the Missouri Valley. Sadly, you know, I'm a, I'm a Valley apologist. You know, I'm, I'm always pulling for the Valley teams to succeed. I would say the one caveat is with Drake's uh, win over Mississippi state, if they run away and hide with the conference, if they go 15 and three or 16 and two or whatever, I guess they're playing 20 games this year. I'm not doing good math now, but if, but if they only lose two, three games, 
and end up with, I don't know, a whole bunch of wins and, and that they're, they're not going to have a great opportunity to increase their net is the problem. Too many teams with low net, you know, numbers in the, in the Valley. But if somehow they rack up 15, 16, 17 wins in the league, then all of a sudden that win total gives them a chance that maybe if they make the finals of the arch madness and lose, maybe, but I think it's a maybe, like a, a hard maybe, even for somebody like Drake, uh, if they would do that. The only place they can improve their net or have their net grow is when they're playing Indiana State the second time. Or, you know, uh, Bradley has a decent uh, net, so does SIU. But uh, those net numbers are not very good. Last year when they were playing one another, they, their net numbers could improve, but not this year. Yeah, it was interesting even uh, after the Valpo game, Drake – after a win, drops 10 places in net. So uh, there you know, may be some opportunities um, out there down the road when it comes to, you know, got to beat a team by 20-plus or maybe get a couple, you know, big road wins uh, at SIU or at Bradley where you're winning by uh, double digits. But uh, it, it, it's a tall uh, hill to climb. Uh, so I guess that kind of, that kind of tells you what, what's – your thoughts are on the Valley, and we're, we're kind of on the same page there. Um, one thing, I, I don't know if I like it yet, uh, this this conference schedule, I mean, three games already prior to the new year. I was excited to get into some of those uh, Valley games, but I think that last week in November is is just way too early, and maybe I'm soured because I feel like uh, Drake going to Indiana State uh, – that early in the season, and I know there wasn't a lot of expectations for Indiana State when it came to preseason polls, but uh, I do know around here, uh, Coach DeVries had them in like third in the preseason poll uh, and just very high on uh, Indiana State. So there was a lot of concern going into that game. So maybe I'm a little soured on, on, on that situation uh, that you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot as a conference before conference play really gets going. Uh, but I, I don't know. Just where are you kind of coming at from this as like a big picture when I'm so focused, you know, here in Des Moines? Well, we we do have other leagues that are doing similar things, and so I just think it's you know part of the thing of having 12 teams in your league. You know, you got to get games in, um, and so it's kind of the devil's in the details. And and I don't like it, and and I don't like it because uh, traditionally our coaches coaches in these leagues are getting their teams ready for the conference season with non-conference play. Uh, a team like Bradley, who, you know, almost always uh, is figuring it out during non-conference and almost still start, starting to figure it out during the beginning of the conference play. And then they hit their stride and they're, and they're really tough to beat later on. Uh, I, I think it's a, a system that doesn't help some of our coaches. And um, but it's fair, obviously. Everybody had the same thing, but I, I don't like it, and I really don't like the unbalanced schedule. But again, you got 12 teams. It's you know you got to figure it out, and uh, and and the league chose the way they did it. Uh, and 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 I think there's a downside, but uh, I guess over the course of three or four years, it all evens out. But that doesn't help me if I'm a Drake fan or a Bradley fan or a UIC fan. Fill in the blank. It doesn't help me any in any particular given year to have things kind of hit me sideways. And and so the league obviously put some of the better teams against each other more often than they did with the, some of the poorer teams. And and you mentioned the net thing. Maybe that works good. Maybe that works well for some of the power teams in a, in a year, uh, not in a year like this, but in a year when you don't want your net to be dragged down by even winning against the poorer team. But uh, And I think that'll help some of the poorer teams rack up a win here and there that they wouldn't have also – picked up and, and maybe it helps that coach or that program feel better about itself but it, it's confusing as the league is transitioning as the valley's transitioning from 10 to 12 and three new teams and scheduling earlier I, I think it's a difficult transition I think they'll continue to evaluate it as well I had a long conversation with Jeff Jackson just a couple of weeks ago and uh, they like what they've done but they realize they have to evaluate it because there are ramifications every year and how it plays out yeah, I think it becomes uh, – I think it's going to make for a really unique season this year, and I think that's why everybody's so excited that uh, it really could be anybody's league and there are going to be some you know, big-time matchups here over the next uh, two and a half months. Uh, so that's that's exciting. But then when you start thinking big picture, trying to get multiple teams uh, into postseason play, 
into the NCAA tournament. That's where the money is. That's how you grow your league, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's just like, I don't know if this is if this is the way it is. But I do think it maybe makes up, you know, it could be entertaining for the fans that are uh, interested in the Valley or just casual fans of the Valley this year. Well, I think what happens, too, is sometimes we minimize the importance of conference play and the regular season when all we think of is the NCAA tournament. You know, for Diet in the Wool, Missouri Valley Conference fans, they love those rivalries between Drake and Northern or Bradley and Illinois State and the different ones that have faced off over the years. And and this puts all of the premium on the regular season and on Arch Madness. And to me, there's there is some beauty to that. And, and, uh, and that I think is sometimes lost. You know, I live here in Missouri, and, and Norm Stewart was a longtime coach at Mizzou, and, and they would have great uh, back then Big 8 uh, conference records, and they had these unbelievable rivals rivalries with Kansas and Oklahoma and, 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 and different programs. And then Norm Stewart wasn't that great at the NCAA tournament and because his, all of his eggs were in the conference basket. And, and to me, winning your conference, succeeding in your conference, is actually a truer test. Of, of what a team is about. And, and so, yeah, so Loyola got into the tournament and then they catch lightning in the bottom. Beautiful. You know, we're, a, we're Valley fans and we're really glad for the Ramblers. Um, but the truer test, there's a 30 plus games or, you know, over the course of the season or the, the 20 games now in the conference season, I, I think that's really where you get to measure yourself. And, and I like the emphasis being on league play. I really do. Well, it is a 20 game, uh, regular season uh, in the Missouri Valley Conference, three already in the books. Uh, so we're starting to see stuff kind of uh, get going. Uh, I, I don't want to say take shape, but uh, the the mold is is in place. It's it's out there. It just needs to, to start taking shape. Uh, Drake, preseason conference favorites. Uh, Indiana State already has one up. On the Bulldogs, you have a couple other teams in there. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But uh, just straight up, who who do you think right now, after seeing three games, who w- comes away regular season conference champions? Well, I still think it's Drake's conference to win I, I, or to lose, whatever the right term is. I, I, I think Drake is the best team in the league. Um, I voted for them in the preseason poll. And all along, I thought Bradley's going to be the team, the, the biggest – rival to that opportunity i love their front court their guards are taking shape now that zeke montgomery is back now that josh uh jay sean henry is back uh i I think bradley is still a team southern's great defense and their physicality is going to be really good and yeah you can't sleep on those sycamores i you know uh i I had voted one way and then i talked to josh shirts at the valley uh media day and found out that carvatier mccauley was going to be their best player from him you know, we were just talking off the side, and he says, oh, none of these other guys are going to lead us in scoring. Karatia McCall is going to be our guy. And I'm like, well, that slots everybody down a shot. Whoa, wait, they're a lot better than I knew. And so I wasn't shocked uh, by how well they played, but, I, you know, mildly surprised, but not shocked. And and they are a different kind of a team. They play at a faster pace than everybody else. They uh, run waves of players at you. I think their depth is going to be a problem for everybody. Missouri State seems to have figured it out a little bit about who needs to be playing, and they're very athletic and very talented. If they, if Dana Ford can get them all really on the same page, and it seems like that's happening, I think they can be a threat. We mentioned Belmont and Murray. They both have really talent. I really think there's six or seven teams that could win this thing, but I do think Drake is the best team in the league. Uh, and I'm not saying that because I'm on a Drake podcast. I've said it all year long. Um but but I do think any of those other five or six teams could win too. I don't think UIC can. I don't think Illinois State can. Evansville can't. Valpo can't. Uh, but but like I love what's going on at UIC. They set a uh, an attendance record this week with their home valley game. Uh, you're going to see a lot of excitement out of those other programs as well. Yeah, we were discussing on the Valpo broadcast. Uh, Paul Dorfeld, uh, color commentator, and, and myself, and we're kind of going back and forth. You know, Paul thinks it'll be three or four losses that will win the conference this year. Probably. And I was, I was pushing more like, I, I think, uh, I, I think there may be a little bit, a few more losses in there. I think maybe five or six could be the number uh, just because of what you mentioned. Um, all, you have all these teams, but they obviously have holes. You have uh, Bradley, 
going to Belmont. Great basketball game, but it's a early season loss for Bradley. Of course, Drake goes to Indiana State, already has that loss. Uh, uh, Indiana State, outside of the Drake game, you know, hasn't really been yeah, tested with you know some of these. I I don't know. I I think uh, I think they're going to be. I, I don't know. What what are, what are your well, thoughts? When you, well, when you have those two conference games, you think about six losses. That that's fourteen league wins. Yeah. You know, so that that's pretty outstanding. It's tough to win on the road. Uh, the Wednesday Thursday combo this week went four and two for the home teams. That's really tough to win on the road. Uh, and Murray State lost for the first time in like twenty home games or something in their game this week. That doesn't happen, right? You got to steal a win on the road at Evansville. You got to steal a win on the road at Valpo, and and then when you have some of those games head to head for the contenders, somebody's going to steal one here and there. But it, it's not easy in any of these road environments. Obviously, Northern's down, you know, with their uh, injuries to uh, Heisey and to Fife, and you know the the loss of some of their players to other, you know, to Carter goes to Mizzou and and, and Green goes to the NBA. So they're down. I think they're another team that can't win, but there's, it's still tough to win at the McLeod Center. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's all about, you know, protecting home court and, and, and winning on the road. It's the old cliche. And uh, Drake was able to do that last night. Uh, against, I was super impressed with Valpo last night, the way they hung in there. Uh, so maybe they're not going to struggle as much as I think they are. But, um, yeah, I think five or six losses would still be outstanding, right? You'd be 15-5 and five or, or, or 14-6. and six. That would be a great conference season for any of these teams. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, all right, let's kind of get into some of the teams, dive in a little bit more. Uh, Dogs going to uh, Missouri State this weekend. They are 6-7 and seven at this point of the broadcast being re- recorded. Uh, it'll, uh, this podcast will come out before that game. But 2-1 and one in the Valley, they, they lose Mosley. They lose uh, Black in the transfer portal. Prem's no longer there. They have only three dudes back. Uh, which is, it feels like it's always kind of like that. They have like a couple guys back and then bringing a whole new wave of guys trying to figure out the, the chemistry and all that stuff. But like you said, they go to Northern Iowa, the McLeod Center. It's never easy to play up there. And for some reason, Missouri State always plays well up there. But w- what are your uh, kind of 10,000-foot uh, thoughts on the Missouri State Bears? Well, they're super talented. And they're very athletic. I saw them play uh, Bradley. I was down at that game. And uh, Bradley, you know, beat them. But the, I, the, you know, the Bears are still figuring it out. You know, preseason Donovan Clay, you know, Dana Ford's telling us Donovan Clay's going to be the player of the year. He's not even starting anymore for them. And uh, and they've got some talented guys that have played at high-level Division One programs, albeit not a ton of minutes. Um, they've got the young freshman Mayo who's, uh, starting, uh, now for them, or at least he has a game or two. And I think you're seeing Dana, uh, figure out who his guys are that he can trust for, for Dana Ford. It's can, will you defend and, and, and will you make smart plays? And, uh, and so they've got, but they've got talented guys. Any number of those guys can go off. Chance Moore can go off. Uh, Alston Mason is really starting to show up. And, and I, I tell you a guy that wasn't playing a lot early, Dalen Original. Is, is a guy that uh, has been leading them offensively the last couple of games. Uh, so they're they're the wild card to me. I, I, I do. I think they could run off and win the league. You know, I mean, they're that talented. What we haven't seen yet in a Dana Ford team, and, and, and I'm a big Dana Ford fan, we haven't seen a Dana Ford team yet really just dominate in the league. They end up coughing up some games they shouldn't lose. And, uh, and so – going to be interesting to see how he puts them together but they're but they're talented if you think about a donovan clay guy who's now their sixth or seventh or eighth guy that means they're pretty talented you know and and uh uh they've got some players they did lose you know lee early he was going to be the steadying force in their backcourt but uh but anyway they're really good and and i think that they are going to be right there if they can you know figure out a thing or two about how their rotation lands and, and it seems like dana ford's figuring that out right now yeah, and you said you mentioned their defense. Uh, they're physical, they're big, all that stuff. That's why I really like this road trip for the Bulldogs. You know, two really yep. tough games on the road against two defensive-minded teams. So you go from Missouri State to Southern Illinois, and uh, Southern probably feels like they owe Drake a couple after last year. Drake won all three games uh, against uh, the Salukis last year, but two of them came down to the final shot. Marcus Damask had the ball in his hand, misses 
both shots at the buzzer that would have either tied or, or won the game for SIU. So, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a, a dogfight, if you will. <laughs> well, you know, Southern, and you know, they're great defense always. They're always going to play great defense, and Damask is really having a player of the year come season. Lance Jones, I think, just reached into the top 20 in assists all time for them, and he's an, an explosive guy. Uh, really like their team. And, and you know, when they signed Juwan uh, Newton, you know, when he came over from Evansville, he's a borderline all-league guy in the Valley, and he's not getting very many minutes. I, I, I look at those guys, and, and that's when I say, oh, there's, their roster's pretty good. You know, they, they picked up Clarence Rupert, who was part of that uh, St. Peter's run last year, and he's given them some steady play uh, inside. And, and so they're getting a lot. And Mula is healthier, playing more often uh, now as well. And so, yeah, I think they're going to be a handful, and they have been all year long. Um, they don't have a lot of guys that can go get points other than Jones or Damask. I think that's, you know, their, I think that's their Achilles heel. Who else can score for them if, if it's not Damask and Jones? And obviously those two are scoring at a high level. But, um, but so, yeah, I, I love, you know, what they try to do defensively. They're physical. They, they get after you. They, you know, they're not quite four-burn you like they were back in the day, but they're, but they're approaching it. And uh, and so looking forward to how they can be. But again, they're a team that you look at and you think every year, okay, I think they're going to be really good. But they end up kind of middle, maybe upper middle of the pack. And, and conference play is that acid test that I really want to see them pass or any team pass. Murray State will be coming to the Knapp Center for the first time uh, in uh, about a week. It'll be the fourth all-time meeting uh, with the racers, uh, between the racers and Bulldogs. And uh, Steve Prohm coming back to Central Iowa. Do you think there'll, there'll be anything kind of with that? What, what have you heard from Coach Prohm? I covered uh, Coach Prohm as a, a sports reporter in town. I, I really I really found him endearing and just an awesome guy. It didn't work out for him at Iowa State. Uh, um, but, man, I, I've, I think big things of him. I do, too. I respect the way he goes about what he's doing. You know, I talked to him in the offseason, and, and you said, how do I cover leagues? So I've, I've had several, a couple different one-on-ones with him, you know, and, and, and that's how I try to learn, you know, about the league and about players and so forth. And uh, he, he said this in the offseason. He said somebody encouraged him to think about this change as like the halftime of a game. It's the halftime of his career. What did you learn? What do you have to grow? What do you have to maintain? Those kinds of things. And uh, and and had to go out and recruit a whole new team, as you guys know. Uh, uh, the only guy that really came back of any significance was DJ Burns, and he's having a nice season. Um, uh, but he had to re- recruit everybody else on the roster, and so they're still figuring it out. They're playing racer ball, but uh, they struggle a little bit trying to figure out who's who. Still, I think this this deep into the season, Rob Perry can really fill it up. Kobe Wood was really good at Belmont, and then he transferred over to, to Murray State, and, and he's having a nice season. Kenny White Jr. is another really good player. You know, they've got talent. Uh, they don't have much size either. When I think about them matching up with the Bulldogs, they, they don't have a lot of size either. A lot of good perimeter players. It, it'll be who plays good defense that night that wins the game between those teams. Uh, Jamari Smith can score. He's Jabari Smith's cousin, who was a I don't know, maybe the top pick in the NBA or one of the top couple picks in the NBA out of Auburn. Uh, and Quincy Anderson is a guy that I'm super impressed with, a lefty that, that does a lot of good things for them. Uh, I saw them play. They played St. Louis as well and saw them play here in St. Louis. Uh, and in the opening night, I guess it was the opening night of the season. And they didn't fare very well. They got beat pretty easily by St. Louis that night. Uh, but I'm a, I'm a believer in the racers. I really am a coach pro them, and they've got talent. Uh, but they're – still figuring it out. They've got a, a good group of freshmen that are coming in that barring portal, you know, losses, uh, they'll be better next year than they are this year. More with Harry Schrader in a little bit. We'll talk Bradley, Belmont, Northern Iowa, and a couple other hot topics to, to wrap up this podcast. But first, fans, I uh, did want to remind you that when Murray State comes to town, that is Des Moines' hometown team weekend, and it's back and better than ever. January 6th through the 8th, the Drake basketball teams will take the court in those Des Moines City uniforms for three key conference games. We've also teamed up with 8035 Music Festival for two nights of live and local post-game concerts. Get your hometown team weekend pack for just $20. That's three games, two concerts, and one weekend 
of celebrating the 515. Visit DrakeTicks, that's T-I-X.com, and we'll see you at the NAP. All right, Harry, let's uh, keep things rolling in the Missouri Valley Conference uh, with Bradley. They're a team that has just been a thorn in the Bulldogs' side, uh, whether it's been in the tournament, conference games, even when Drake had a, a really good team, were poised uh, to win a conference championship in 2021, it was Bradley uh, having a down year, and they found a way to knock off the Bulldogs in that final game of the season. Rink Mast is back. Uh, Leon's to have a nine in. You mentioned Deshaun Henry. Ugh. This is a tough team, man. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, Brian Wardle, I, I said this about two, three years ago. I said, that, you know, when, when Wichita State left, uh, Greg Marshall was kind of the villain, <laughs> you know, of the league. And I said, the league needs a villain. And, and I think Brian Wardle can be that guy once in a while. He likes it has come advice, to, earned you know? a little bit. Yeah, he, it's been and, earned. <laughs> and I like that. I like that. I like a coach with an edge. Yeah. And, and his players play with an edge. Not, not illegal or anything like that, but they play with an edge and they're physical. I've seen them play – Two or three times already in person, and uh, and I and I love their makeup. And and if they can get good guard play out of Duke Dean and, and Zeke Montgomery uh, last year, I think last year they were last in the league in in, in in turnovers. They just turned it over way too much. And they are better this year, not great at that this year. But Duke Dean has settled them down a little bit. Uh, Zeke uh, Montgomery was missing some games, and now he's back. Uh, I love the young guy, Connor Hickman. They've got good guard play. But I think what they have different than everybody else, I mentioned this earlier, I think they're back, their front court is the best in the league. And, and I don't think anybody's got an answer for uh, rink mast. I think uh, Darnell Brody there is the, is the best, you know, in the league for in terms of trying to match up against him. But uh, there's nobody that matches up with mast. And, and Leon's is such a freak of nature. You know, he hits threes, he gets steals, he gets blocks, and, and and he makes his free throws, and he's six nine. I mean, they go six nine, six nine, six nine. It seems like all across the board. And and so you know the old adage, you can't coach size. You know they they've got it. And and even their guards are pretty big. You know, and uh, when they bring Christian Davis off the bench, he's a guard and plays like a six seven. And and Deshaun Henry plays above the rim. And and I just love the makeup of their team. And I like how Brian Wardle's team is typically get better all year long, you know, and they're nine and five right now, two and one in the league and, and, and they get better all year long. And I think that's why they're a thorn in people's sides late in the year. They're better than uh, they were, you know, he, I don't know what other teams do. He has them lift two or three days a week, all during the season. They lift lots of times on game days. He wants his team stronger and more physical than everybody else come late January, middle and end of February. And, and I don't know if everybody else does that, but his guys show it. They all look different, like this year over last year. I've seen them in person, and they all look bigger and stronger, every one of them. And I'm like, yikes, they're, they're, they're putting the time in. I do know Drake does that, and uh, most of the guys lift on game days too, but it is it – is, I, I don't know. Bradley just they, – uh, they, they've got it figured out there, and they're, they're doing a nice job. You mentioned Connor Hickman. Uh, I haven't, like, totally div, uh, dove into uh, – the, the prep for that game, obviously, a few weeks out. But I mean, he's the guy that came in here. He's the example of – you're talking about Brian Wardle figuring out his team you know, early on and all that stuff. He, uh, that guy, uh, Drake had, had no idea how good he was. I wouldn't say no idea, but he came in and had a, uh, a career high, uh, season high against the Bulldogs. And they just always have that – they they always mix it up a little bit. It's kind of what uh, Indiana State – did earlier this year, you know, with Corvassi and McCauley being sick, they had to change some stuff up. McCauley came off the bench, and it was almost just different matchups through everything off for Drake, and it was kind of a – Shirts took a note from uh, Wardle in that sense, it felt like. You know, you mentioned Connor Hickman, and, and he reminds me a little bit of Garrett Sturts. What I mean is he does a lot. Yeah. You know? He's not going to be their leading scorer. You mentioned a game where he had his career high, but he's not going to be their leading scorer. He's not going to be their leading rebounder. He's not going to be the leading guy in assists, but he's going to get a key rebound. He's going to hit a key bucket. He's going to make a nifty pass, and he's a basketball player. You know, he just does all that basketball player stuff and really, really like him. 
I want to get uh, Belmont and Northern Iowa, your thoughts on, on those teams uh, real quick. Uh, we've been rolling for a little bit here, so I want to get you, uh, cut you loose here. But tell me a little I'll bit. speed it up. Yeah, let's go, let's go. Right, Harry, uh, you're talking too much. I no, got it. No, you've been you've been great. <laughs> I, could, I could sit and listen to you all day. I just don't want to uh, abuse uh, the gift of time that you've given us today. Uh, so Belmont uh, and the Bruins, uh, we got a chance to see them last year. They uh, have lost a couple of those guys. Uh, from that team last year, uh, and, but still a still a solid team, and man, they they get the win uh, against Bradley and uh, kind of almost beat Bradley at their own game. Yeah, Belmont. I mean, Casey Alexander is a great coach. I mean, he's he's uh, you, when you think about Darren DeVries, unbelievable winning percentage. That's what Casey Alexander has been at Belmont. He it took him a while to figure it out when he was at his previous school, but but then started winning like crazy. Now he's just continuing it at Belmont. And so uh, I, I think they're the most efficient offensive team I've ever watched. I mean, over the years, they, they just run great sets. They get a lot of layups. They, they lead the, they're one of the nation's leaders in two point percentage and three point percentage every year. I mean, they have been since bird was, you know, coach bird was there and, and, and now Casey Alexander who played there and coached there. Uh, but they got good players. Ben Shepard was my, is my mid season player of the year. Uh, I, I write also for a, a website called BustingBrackets.com, and, and and I put out a mid-season all-conference team, and, and I, Shepard's my mid-season player of the year. I'm I'm sorry, Tucker, I like you too, and uh, uh, he's just been spectacular. I mean, he plays shutdown defense, scores 18 a game, rebounds, assists. He's just a marvelous player. Uh, but Keyshawn Davidson's been huge for them. They're uh, Prince. They're I guess it was Princeton for sure. An Ivy League transfer, Drew Feiberg has been spectacular. I think he had 20 something against Bradley. Uh, Cade Tyson has been a freshman that's come on and, and given them some real time, hit a game winner earlier in the season, seen them in person this year as well. Uh, Evan Braun's doing a fine job. They, uh, their freshman, Jacob, uh, Jacoby, Jacob, Jacoby Gillespie has been really, really good. Uh, uh, running the floor for them. I don't think they expected that out of him that early. And, but they, he's trying to do the same old formula, recruit freshmen, put them in there and run them. I don't know if that's going to work long term in the portal pandemic that we live in, but uh, but he uh, but Casey's trying to be true to who he is. And nine and five, two and one, you got to love what they are doing, and they're going to run that offense. I don't know if they play good enough defense to compete in the valley, not, not to compete, but to but to be super successful in the valley. Uh, only uh, got into the sixties themselves against Bradley, got you know and held Bradley down, so they won it. They're not known for holding people down; they're known for outscoring people. And, and whether or not Belmont can do that over the course of 20 conference games, that'll be the question. And uh, they play their home games in Nashville, which I know everybody is excited about that. Um, all right, so Northern Iowa's playing this game right now where they're trying to lull us all to sleep. Nate Heisey's <laughs> out for the season. Austin Fife uh, hasn't been able to play yet. But they got a guy named Ben Jacobson as the head coach. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not messing around. With them, I, and I think that's the place where, you know, uh, you know they're the team that if uh, you got to try to steal a win in conference play, that's the place to have to do it uh, because, you know, if you're if you're going to win the conference championship, you got to win at Valpo, you got to win at Illinois State uh, if you get to play at Illinois State. Uh, if uh, you go to Evansville, you got to win that game at Evansville. All that. If you're going to be the conference champion, you got to do that. Uh, you also then have to go beat Northern Iowa at Northern Iowa. You got to try to find a way to, you know, get a get a win at Belmont or Murray. That those are those spaces where you got to get those wins. And uh, I'm not sleeping on Northern Iowa. They're they're gonna they're gonna beat some teams this year. You know, like you, I have nothing but unbelievable respect for Ben Jacobson. I think he's just a prince of a man, and obviously a terrific basketball coach. I could tell you stories about behind the scenes how he's cared for people and taking care, you know, just, he's an amazing guy and, and a terrific uh, X's and O's and motivator and recruiter and all that, but they don't, they don't have the horses. Yeah. I mean, they just don't, you know, and uh, as good as Bowen Bourne is and as good as Titan Anderson is, uh, they, they're just limited. And you're right though. I'm not going to sleep on Jake anytime he's on the floor, anytime he's got some, you know, somebody to coach again, I, I'm not betting against him. I'm not putting the house, I'm not putting the mortgage on somebody playing Jake, but uh, but they just don't have the horses. They've got a lot of guys that are trying hard, you know. And and if they had five back, it would make a big difference. Um, 
you know, because of what he does on the floor defensively and, and how he understands their offense. And, and yeah, they've got some guys that are going to learn a lot this year and maybe they'll be better next year and Heisey can come back. I mean, they're young, right? I mean, they're, they're young. They're COVID young. You know, mm-hmm. Heisey will be back. It'll be like, I think, a fourth-year sophomore or something like that. And, 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 and so they've got guys that can stick around. Uh, but I think it's going to be a long year for the Panthers. And I hate saying that because I got such huge respect for that program and, and for Coach Jake. I'm not buying it yet. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right, man. Hey, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Incredible insight on the Missouri Valley. Obviously, we didn't get to every team, so we'll just have to maybe do this uh, later on, maybe right before the tournament, kind of break down what, what we think the, that will uh, that will look like. But uh, we've got a chance to see uh, the three of the teams that we didn't get to. And then Illinois State, uh, I think everybody understands what Illinois State's all about. They're, uh, they're a team that we've become very accustomed to. So, all right, man, uh, I'll let you get out of here. We're off on a road trip this weekend, so hopefully everybody's able to, to tune in. And then, uh, yeah, please make sure, if you haven't already, you're missing out. Go to valleyhoopsinsider.com. Let me pull up your uh, – Twitter, uh, Twitter, real quick here. It's at Father Harry One on the Twitter box. So that, that's uh, that's where you go to follow along with Harry Schrader. And I can't thank you enough for your time. And we'll link up here. What's your next game you're going to? That's a good question. The holidays are messing with me. I'm, you know what? I'm trying to make a road trip to Evansville to see Southern Indiana and Evansville back to back. And yeah. obviously, I've got some OBC school in schools in my backyard. You know, and and so. I'm sorting through the early early January schedule right now. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, if, it, if you do find a way to make your way to Des Moines, it's a brutal drive from St. Louis to Des Moines. So if you're able to <laughs> find your way here, uh, hit us up, let us know, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll roll out the blue carpet for you. The blue carpet. I appreciate it. <laughs> Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.